money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Okay, welcome everybody to the Texas RIAs monthly meeting. My name is Phil Grove. I'm one of the co-founders of the Texas RIAs. The Texas RIAs is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations across the great state of Texas with chapters in Austin, Dallas, uh, Houston, and San Antonio, over 100,000 members, participants, and attendees. We have been meeting since 2003. And uh, we are live here right now. We're also broadcasting online. So hello to our online audience as well. And the Texas RIAs provides resources uh, and the resources are to investors uh, across the great state of Texas. I'm uh, just scrolling around the audience here. We'll move the cameras around here in a minute. And um, we provide training. We provide investment opportunities. Uh, we provide market data, we provide updates and resources and kind of everything you might need to be a real estate investor here in Texas. And uh, tonight we have a special presentation where we're going to do, uh, we're going to start with a market update and we're going to tell you what's going on in the real estate market uh, right now. We've been tracking the market for 20 years. Uh, we do market analysis every month. And by the way, um, we're not part of the National Board of Realtors. We have no uh, motivation in how we share the data. What do I mean by that? If you ask the National Board of Realtors, you know, what's going to happen in the market every year for the last 20 years, they've said what? It's going up. <laughs> and sometimes they're right, you know, but um, I'm not here to try to persuade you the market is going up or down or sideways. I'm just going to give you the data. We will give you a forecast. But we have strategies that work in up markets, down markets, and sideways markets. All we want to do is share resources and data and information so that you can make better and more informed investment decisions. So to kind of start this discussion, what's the big news right now in uh, real estate? What, uh, what, 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 is, what is kind of the story everybody's talking about? Interest rates? Does somebody say interest rates? Interest rates. Okay, interest rates. So interest rates have changed. Are interest rates high or low? Who thinks interest rates are high? Raise your hand if you think interest rates are high. Okay, who thinks interest rates are low? Raise your hand if you think your interest rates are low. Okay, the guys in the back row are probably the oldest guys in the room. So I'm, I'm with you guys. So yeah, um, I would argue that interest rates are normal. That's what I would say. So, but it's perspective. It's perspective. This is a uh, chart that shows interest rates. Uh, mortgage interest rates going all the way back to 1975. From 1975 to 1981, interest rates got all the way up to, so for those of you that are belly aching about 7.5% mortgage, compared to 18%, interest rates are low. Yeah, interest uh, money on mortgages, it's for sale. Uh, now, interestingly enough, when interest rates went up, what happened to median home prices? They actually went up. Uh, and when interest rates came down, what happened to home prices? Well, for the most part, they went up. And when interest rates went up and down, up and down, up and down, uh, which what happened to home prices? Other than a few bubbles, they mostly went up. I've been investing in Texas real estate for 20 years. 
Most of the rental properties I bought 20 years ago, I got with six and a half to seven and a half percent mortgages. I still have a lot of those mortgages and I consider that normal. Percent mortgages, four percent mortgages, that's not normal. That's freakishly abnormal. Okay. Like once in a million years, once in a hundred years, once it's highly unlikely that you'll ever see three or four percent mortgages again in your lifetime or in your children's lifetime. Okay. I would, I would be highly surprised if that happened. Could have had anything could happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but that was a freakishly never happened before in any of our lifetimes. I doubt it'll ever happen again in any of our lifetimes. And there's many things that would keep that from happening. I can't think of too many things that would make that happen. Now, nobody knows the future, right? You can't read the tea leaves and know exactly what's going to hap- happen in the future. But when interest rates go up, what happens to home prices? When interest rates go up, what happens to home prices? Who thinks when interest rates go up, home prices go down? Who thinks when interest rates go up, interest rate, uh, home prices go up? Okay, well, we got more downs than ups. A lot of you are not voting. You have to vote. I would say it does this, right? Interest rates push prices up and down at the same time in different ways. You see, here's what you need to understand about home prices. Real estate honestly doesn't care about interest rates. Real estate cares about supply and demand. It is a pure business of supply and demand, right? So in as far as interest rates affect supply and demand, that will have an effect. But why are interest rates high, higher right now? Because of what happened. We had some inflation. What's another name for inflation? You know what I call, I like inflation. I just call it appreciation. Okay. It's the same thing. When all your money is in real estate, you go to bed at night hoping for more inflation, i.e. appreciation. Uh, you know, and, and, and what does appreciation do to real estate? Makes it more expensive, right? Makes it more expensive. So yeah. Um, and, and there's another problem we have. Uh, you know, money is getting a little harder to get and building is slowing down, right? So there's a restriction on the supply. That's a problem. That's, that's pushing prices up. In fact, on a national basis, we're actually in the middle of a housing shortage. Did you guys know that? Who knows we're in a housing shortage? Yeah, you've heard of that, right? Nationally, we are about 6 million houses fewer than we really need to satisfy the demand. And when you have a housing shortage, what does that do to home prices? Pushes them up, right? Restriction of supply. Now, at the same time, interest rates went up. We know that. And when interest rates went up, mortgages became more expensive. We know that. So fewer people can afford to buy a house. And when you have fewer buyers, what happens to prices? Pushes down, right? So we have forces pushing prices up and we have other forces pushing prices down. Right. And, and these forces are fighting each other. And we're going to kind of tell you kind of where the balance has, has, has ended up. But if you take a look at the big housing drivers, this is not 2008. In 2008, you know, I started investing in 2000 in, in three, 2003, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, what was driving real estate? Subprime lending. Anybody could get a loan. If you wanted to get a loan, a mortgage in 2006, you would walk into a bank and you would say, I would like a mortgage. And a banker, they'd walk up, they'd hold a mirror under your nose. If they saw fog, you got a loan. That was the loan application process. And then in 2008, all the banks went, yeah. Do you know the government actually changed the definition of bankruptcy in 2008? 
Remember all that stuff about mark to market? Yeah, they were, they were bankrupt. By any real definition, they were bankrupt. But they were too big to fail, right? So we bailed out the banks. And what had happened, though, up until 2008, is money was easy. Anybody could borrow money. Anybody. You didn't have to have job, credit, income, nothing. Anybody could borrow money. So, so builders built houses as far as you can see, off into the horizon. You know, the hills are filled with all those new houses. And, uh, you know, and, and then who they sell the houses to? Everybody. Everybody could get a loan. So they just gave anybody that could fog a mirror a loan. And so they built bazillions of houses and they just gave away money like candy. And everything worked for a little while, but of course, something not sustainable is not going to continue, right? So, so in 2008, the banks went bankrupt, right? Turns out it was really stupid to give people that don't have jobs, credit, income loans, right? <laughs> and the banks all went bankrupt and lending just stopped. It didn't look slow down. It's like it hit a wall. It just stopped. So all of a sudden, nobody could get a loan, right? And, and, and then they had all these bazillions of houses and nobody could get a loan. So you had a tremendous amount of supply and no more demand. Demand just stopped. And then what happened to the housing? Crash, crash. Eventually, the banks got back into the lending business. But lending never got easy. It got cheap, but it didn't get easy. It never got easy. So today, all these years later, what do you have to do to get a loan today? Fill in a 1,900-page application, turn over your firstborn, you know, submit blood samples. I mean, a lot. You got to do a lot. Uh, and consequently, uh, a lot of people have struggled to get a loan. Even though money became cheap, it never became easy. Uh, and consequently, that's why we have a housing shortage. There's just not enough capital to build enough supply for the market's uh, demand. It got cheap, but it never got easy. Um, so we're in a very different market. So now we have a housing shortage, uh, even though interest rates went up and we have fewer buyers. So we have less supply and we have less demand. But what drives houses prices? Well, let's first kind of go through some of the big drivers. Overall, uh, the economy is actually pretty good. We're in a growth cycle, and both Texas and Austin uh, are experiencing 5% growth. We're growing faster uh, than the USA as a whole, but the economy is strong. Uh, consumer confidence. Uh, when consumers are asked, how would you rate uh, your confidence of the economy? Uh, you know, anything over 100 is considered confident. Anything under 100 is considered scared, right? We're now at 115 at the USA level. So people are very confident. Uh, unemployment rate, super low, right? It's below 5% nationally. Uh, in Texas, it's, it's 4%. Austin is 3.5%. So very low unemployment. Uh, you know, strong economy, low unemployment. Those, all those things push housing up. Uh, job growth, you know, USA is 1.7, Texas is 2.6, Austin is 2.6, Texas is 2.7. So we have lots of job growth. Uh, you know, again, these are things that are pushing prices up. Stock market, how wealthy do people feel, right? That affects whether they're wealthy or not. How they feel affects uh, their likeliness of investing or buying a home or whatever. And uh, 2023 ended up really well, uh, very strong. So people feel good. Now, interest rates, there's one, interest rates are high, higher, uh, and that has caused a reduction in the number of people, right, that can afford to buy houses. So that's something that's pushing uh, the demand down. Uh, now, they are forecast to decrease, right? Nobody knows exactly how much and when, uh, but most of the experts all say interest rates will be decreasing this year. Uh, but that's the thing so far that's pushing prices uh, down. 
Uh, house price uh, trajectory, um, well, this is local. We're going to get into the different local markets in Texas, including Austin and the other cities. Uh, across the USA, uh, prices are down about 10% uh, in 2023, uh, but in Texas, it's flat. Now, Austin is an outlier. We'll talk about Austin in a minute. Uh, sales volume, the total number of, of houses sold, uh, 2022 versus 2023, uh, down about 11%. So what does that mean? Um, there's actually fewer sellers and there's fewer buyers. There's just fewer everything, right? So the amount of houses being bought and sold, uh, you know, year over year, uh, down about 10%, uh, 11% uh, in Texas. Uh, pending sales trajectory. Now, this is kind of interesting. Uh, if you look, and we track this on a month-to-month basis, uh, the market turned uh, probably about a quarter ago. And uh, the uh, trajectory volume is actually uh, going up. January 2023 versus January of 2024, uh, we're actually up in terms of uh, volume uh, about 6%. Austin, we're up about 15%. Dallas, up about 11%. Houston, 14%. San Antonio's flat. So something happened over the last quarter that caused the volume of real estate to pick up. Uh, active listings, uh, well, where are we going with active listings? We are adding more listings, that's adding more inventory, uh, but we're adding them at a very slow pace, and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, months of inventory, now this is my most important, in my opinion, statistic, and I'll show you some other charts that show this, but months of inventory if you just stopped adding any houses to the market, if you just said, okay, whatever's for sale, we're going to sell that till we run out, and then that's it, how long would it last? And it turns out in Texas, there's 3.4 months of inventory. That means if we just stopped adding any new houses or, or resale houses to, to the market, you'd run out of inventory in 3.4 months. Now, that's also, by the way, the average amount of time to sell a house, 3.4 months, some more, some less. Uh, but the average. Now, to put that in perspective, they say if there's less than six months of inventory, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, you have a buyer's market. If there's right around six months of inventory, you would have a neutral market. Six months is the 40-year average. Uh, we are in a pretty strong and people are like, is the buyer market coming? Well, if you were holding your breath, waiting for a buyer market, you're probably going to be holding your breath for a long time because whatever we might have had that came close peaked out of, uh, about a quarter ago. And the inventory is actually not uh, going up. It's actually leveling off and, and starting to uh, go down. So we're, we're in a pretty strong seller's market, believe it or not. Now, we're not nearly in the seller's market we were a year ago or two years ago. So yes, relative, right? Perspective. Uh, a couple of years ago, especially Austin was on fire, right? Blow towards fire, right? Uh, you know, but now it's still pretty good by any historical measure, and that's perspective. Uh, permits, uh, how are we doing on the permits? Uh, we're just barely keeping up with the demand. We're not building too much. We're not even building, uh, quite enough. We're just keeping up with the demand. Uh, in migration, this is uh, supply and demand, right? Migration is the ratio of people moving in versus moving out. In other words, population growth, because population growth means more people that need a place to live, which means more demand. And uh, we have a big positive. Turns out people keep moving to Austin and all over the rest of Texas, 
and it's booming. I mean, the population is robustly growing. And when you have a robustly growing population, you know, people need a place to live, right? So that juices up the demand uh, for real estate, which is another upward uh, force on, on prices. Uh, construction labor. Uh, we have a problem. Uh, contractors are old and dying. So, yeah, they're aging out. I don't remember the statistic. I, 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 I heard the statistic, but I don't have it on this chart. But I think it's something like the average contractor is like 58 years old, right? The average, right? I mean, average, right? What happens? We need more young people to become contractors. So if you're young, don't go to college. We can you know, learn how to swing a hammer and, and you'll make more than the college grad anyway, uh, also. But, but something's, we, we have a problem. It's getting really expensive to, to build stuff, fix stuff, uh, remodel stuff because we just don't have enough contractors and they're aging out. Uh, so we got a problem. Uh, and then finally, wild cards. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen with uh, the economy, the election, you know, war, uh, more inflation, less inflation. Uh, those are all wild cards that could have unpredictable uh, impacts. But if you kind of sum this all up, you know, some things are pushing prices up. There's some things pushing prices down and there's some things kind of pushing them sideways. Uh, which direction do you think things are going? Who thinks things are generally going up? Who would say things are generally going up? Who thinks generally things are going down? Okay, not a lot of people think it's going down. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and I would agree. Uh, there's a lot of things that can make prices go up. There's not much on the horizon that I can see that would likely make prices go down. And again, we're not here to try to persuade you of an opinion, okay? Because if it goes down, we'll tell you. And we've been giving forecasts to the marketplace for 20 years. And we're forecasts have always been pretty accurate, right? And sometimes we say it's going to go down. Sometimes we say it's going to go up. But we always tell it it's a caveat. This is just based on the data, what we project to happen. Uh, and I don't do the forecast. This is developed by some other people in the group but the forecast for 20 years has been spot on. Trying to predict the stock market is impossible. Uh, good luck with that, right? I mean, you, you can't predict. Trying to predict the economy is pretty hard, uh, pretty hard. Trying to predict real estate is actually not that hard because it's supply and demand. And uh, it's not the economy. It's not the stock market. It's, it's this stuff, right? And you can see this stuff and you can, you can measure this stuff and, and it's not that hard to do. So we have things that have been pushing prices up. We have other forces that have been pushing prices down. And you put all that stuff in a blender, and where are we? Well, here's where we are right now. If you look at Texas, and we'll also roll it up into the different cities, uh, Texas, uh, the prices are actually up uh, for year over year. Um, so yeah, now, um, year to date prices are flat. We don't have a lot of data there. Um, but uh, the market was, and then Texas has actually, over the last quarter, started to go up. Now, the volume is down. Uh, that's the number of buyers and number of sellers. So fewer buyers, fewer sellers, you know, fewer transactions, uh, but the prices are actually uh, up uh, a little bit uh, or flat, depending on which measurement uh, that you look at. The mix has changed. Let's talk about the mix. Historically, two-thirds of the houses that get sold on the MLS are resale houses. And historically, about a third of the houses that are sold are new construction. It's actually switched. Right now, two-thirds of the houses are new construction, and one-third 
are uh, resale. I'll tell you why. It's pretty obvious. Because everybody that got one of those three or four percent mortgages over the last several years is saying, I don't want to sell. Because if I sell my house, right, a lot of people would love to sell their house and buy a bigger, nicer house or whatever, but they're holding on. And the reason they're holding on is not because it's a bad market, it's because they don't want to give up their 3% mortgage, 4% mortgage, right? So they're keeping the houses off the market, right? And that constriction of supply is another thing that's pushing prices up. That's one of the other reasons why we have a housing shortage. Now, the new builders, the builders have made up for the, 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 the loss, right? You know, there's a lot of houses that should be sold that are not getting sold, but the new construction has kind of filled the gap. So at the moment, it's two-thirds of the houses selling are new construction, one-third uh, are resale. But we have a problem on the horizon, right? Money is getting a little harder to get, a little more expensive. Construction is slowing down a little bit. And when you run out of that new construction, so you don't have new houses to sell, you don't have resale houses to sell, that's going to be a very important force that could really push prices uh, up again. Now, each of the cities has its own story to tell. So let's dive into some of the different cities. This is Texas as a whole. Uh, you know, average price in Texas for a house is, uh, uh, 412,000.7, uh, up actually, uh, 3.7%. Median price, uh, 335 is up 1.4%. The, um, the months of inventory, 3.4 months of inventory. That's not a lot. Uh, remember, less than six months is considered a seller's market. So we're still in a pretty good seller's market. Now, not as strong as it was a year ago. A year ago, it was 2.7 months of inventory. So it was a market on fire seller's market. Now it's just a very hot seller's market. But that's perspective. That's perspective. Total active listings is up a little bit, uh, you know, and that's why there's more inventory because there's more active listings. Uh, closed sales is down, but this is starting to level off. It's down not a lot. It was double digits last year. Now it's just 7%. Now, if you go back over the last three years, 2021, uh, in 2021, prices in Texas were up 18%. In 2022, they were up another 10.7%. Uh, uh, in 2023, flat. 2023 was a flat year. So it went up and flattened out. Didn't go up, didn't go down. Texas-wide, it just flattened out. Uh, Dallas, let's talk about Dallas. Now, I'll tell you something interesting about Dallas, and I don't know why this is the case. But for some reason, for 20 years, Dallas has always been the bellwether of Texas. I don't know why. But Dallas is always the first to move. I have no idea why. When you want to know what's going on in real estate in Texas, Dallas is the first thing to go up, the first thing to go down it's always four to six months ahead of the other markets. I have no idea why. Maybe it's some unique mix of the economy in Dallas or whatever, but I'm gonna tell you, Dallas is on fire right now. Something happened. The inventory is only 2.5 months of inventory, which is stronger than the whole state of Texas was at a peak a year ago. Uh, it's really pretty hot. Sales are still down, but only 4%, right? It's really bottomed out. Active listings up, but just 6%, not a whole lot. Uh, and the pending sales are actually up. Now, if you go back in Dallas, uh, year over, um, uh, average price in Dallas is 495. That's not a typo. Up 7%. Uh, median price is flat at 391. If you go back three years, 2021, prices in Dallas were up 20% in one year. 
2022 went up another 15%, and then 2023 basically flat. So it went up and flattened up, up 1%, which I would just say is completely uh, flat. Um, now, Houston, now leases, by the way, up 5%, lease price up uh, 6%. So Dallas is really probably the hottest market uh, right now for a major city. And um, who knows what that really means. Uh, but historically, again, Dallas has always been the first to turn. I don't know why. Houston, uh, the average price house in Houston is 408000 up 0.3% flat. Median price 330 also flat. Months of inventory, 3.3. Pretty good market. Not as good as it was a year ago, which was 2.6. Uh, sales volume down. Houston, what happened? 2021, uh, prices went up 16% in one year. 2022, they went up another 10%. Uh, 2023, the year was, so went up, 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 and then just flattened out. And 2023 was just a flat year. Uh, and then we get to Austin. Now, Austin is an outlier. And I'm going to explain why Austin is an outlier. Something very interesting and unusual happened in Austin. Uh, but here's the thing. For the first time in a year, prices are actually starting to go up again. The average price house in, in Austin is 553000 Average price. That is not a typo. Average. Average. Right? Up. It's actually up. Not a lot, but up 0.4%. We did a little research on this, and it turns out that uh, the name Austin, if you're not familiar where it came from, is actually Latin for San Francisco. So Elon Musk and all the high-tech guys uh, moved here, and they dragged with them all the high-tech uh, employees and a lot of people making six-figure incomes. And what's happened, right? Uh, you know, well, uh, a lot of people needed a place to live, and uh, they just flooded uh, Austin with, uh, with demand. Uh, months of inventory, three months of inventory. It's a hot market. Not as hot as it was a year ago, 2.7, but this has fallen. It had been four, uh, four months of inventory last year. At one time it was 4.4 months. Now it's dropped down to three. So something changed. Now, what is unique about Austin compared to other, all the other markets? 2021. In 2021, house prices in Austin went up 29% in a single year. It was insane. And for those of you that were with it and, and hear through that, uh, here's what was going on, if you, if you didn't remember. In 2021, when somebody would put a house for sale on the market, they'd get 11 offers in a weekend. Okay, 11. And, and of course, one would get the house and the other 10 would not get the house. So the 10 that didn't get the house, what would they do? They'd put an offer on a second house. And that house would get 11 offers in a weekend. And, and one of them won and, and 10 of them lost, right? And they do it again. And what was happening with the buyers is they were losing, losing, losing bids. And the buyers just got so mad. They started screaming at the realtors. What are you going to do to buy a house around here? I need a place to live. Every time you make an offer, I get outbid by somebody else. Blah, 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 blah. In 2021, Austin, Texas had 0.4 months of inventory. 0.4. That's less than two weeks of housing stock available. It was insane. So it became normal in 2021 for people to buy houses above appraised value. And by the way, if you buy a house above appraised value, 
The bank will only loan up to the appraised value. The appraised value doesn't tell you what it's worth. It tells you what they will lend to, right? Down payment plus loan equals appraisal and not more. So to buy a house above the appraised value, you had to bring money on top of your down payment to the closing. And that became normal in that freakish year known as 2021. So I would argue, my perspective, people were buying houses in 2021 routinely for more than they were actually worth. In 2022, things didn't slow down much because prices went up another 10%. And then in 2023, they came down 8%. So this goes back to perspective, okay? If you bought a house in Texas three years ago, it went up 30%. If you bought a house in Austin, it went up 40 and it came down, you still made 30%, right? Now, if you bought a house one year ago in Austin, you lost 8%, right? If you bought a house three years ago in Austin, you made 40%. So that's perspective, okay? How many of you, by the way, have owned a house for the last three years? Who's owned a house for the last three years? You're a lot richer than you were three years ago, aren't you? Yeah, nice. What if you had 10? What if you had 50? What if you had 200? Then how much richer would you be right now? Well, you can't go back, can you? Right? But you can do anything you want going forward. What do you think these houses are going to sell for 20 years from now? The next 20 years is probably going to look even better than the last 20 years. Right? When's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the best time to plant a tree? Right now. Right? The properties you buy right now will determine your future 20 years uh, from now. But it's perspective, right? People are like, oh, you know, Austin went down. Austin's a bad market. Well, actually, we're in a pretty good seller's market and the prices have leveled out. Now, if you bought a house a year ago, you saw it go way up and then go flat and then down and then flat again. Uh, but that's where we are right now. Uh, San Antonio is the most affordable uh, 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 city in Texas. Average price 374 is flat. Median price 319 is uh, months of inventory a little higher. Uh, for some reason, San Antonio is kind of the lagging market. Uh, 4.3 months of inventory. Uh, what happened last three years, 2021 uh, up 16%, 2022 up another 12%, uh, 2023 basically flat, down uh, 2%, but I would say that's basically uh, flat. Uh, volume is down, but just a tiny bit, just uh, 3%, so it's pretty much flattened out as well. So what's going to happen next? Well, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen next. We'll, we'll, we'll give you our forecast, what we expect to happen. Uh, with the caveat that, you know, nuclear bombs and wars and who knows what else could happen that uh, we don't know. Uh, but based on all the indicators that we see, uh, the market is pretty much bottomed out. Uh, about a quarter ago, maybe a little further than that, interest rates are expected to decrease no later than the summer of 2024. Now, nobody knows exactly what the Federal Reserve is going to do. Everybody said they were probably going to decrease the interest rates by now. But the economy is booming along. So that's pushing prices up and those interest rates are pushing prices down. Uh, but all of the experts that we listen to expect interest rates to fall uh, during the year 2024, uh, probably by about 1%. Uh, and if that happens, that's likely to be a pretty big boost for real estate because I think that will break the log jam 
of people that are holding their houses off the market. A lot of people are kind of waiting for something to happen. They're like, well, not much happened, but now it's a little more affordable. So we would expect sales volume to be up about 5% this year, and we expect prices to be up about 5% this year. That is our best uh, guess for a forecast. So any questions on that? Was that helpful, everybody? Yeah. Any questions on that? So we're going to go through some training now, but I do have a quick announcement to make. We are in a new year, and when people start a new year, they very often have New Year's resolutions, and I would recommend that you make part of your New Year's resolution to make some money investing in real estate this year. Uh, so the Texas RIAs provides all kinds of resources uh, to its members, uh, training, uh, resources, uh, money, uh, loans, investment opportunities, etc. And something that we do at the beginning of the year is the Texas RIAs sponsors the Flipping Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. This is a three-day workshop where we teach all of the strategies used here in Texas. At the beginning of the year, we have a very special offer for those of you that might be interested. We're actually offering the workshop for free. So normally we charge for the workshop, but as you'll see when we go through the training, we really want you guys to be participatory and educated. Unfortunately, I don't know how to turn everybody into a real estate investor in 45 minutes, but I'm pretty sure I can turn you guys into real estate investors over a period of 24 hours, or maybe it would be more accurate to say 24 hours spread out over three days, giving us the time to get through all the nitty gritty details of how you do this. So practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training on all 12 strategies that we use here in Texas, all 65 marketing methods to find off-market wholesale properties. We're gonna go through those. The scripts, which are the exact words to say to get somebody to accept your offer on their property, your solution to their property. Uh, problem. Uh, learn how to partner with experts, access local funding, etc. So I will put this up a little bit later, but uh, we do have a tour coming up in Austin, Dallas, and Houston. If you're looking to get some education, uh, I will uh, put some information up later, uh, but I'll throw the dates up right now. Uh, pick the city and location that works best for you. You can come live and in person. You can attend online or any combination of live on, or online. I will tell you when we meet live, we actually have tables and we're set up in a room that's got a lot more room so we're not packed in like sardines like we are in this room. Uh, so we will hand out some uh, 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 sign-up forms a little bit later for you guys here live, for you guys online. You can click on the link uh, in the comment below. And I'll give you more details of, of this training a little bit later. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.